Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's a How I Got Here version of the podcast with Nigel Kinraid from Nigel Kinraid Photography, NKP. That is a well-known photography agency in the NASCAR garage, and Nigel is obviously the head of it. Just like you would expect that I host the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast, it makes sense. Anyway, photographer David Griffin, who I used to work with at NASCAR Scene Magazine, said, you know, you haven't done any photographers yet for your How I Got Here series this year. And I said, David, you know, you're right. Who should I do? He gave me a couple suggestions. One of them was Nigel. And I thought, wow, you know what? I pass Nigel in the garage all the time. I know him a little bit. And he's not from this country. So that's a little bit of an unusual story. I wanted to find out how he got to where he is today based on that. Fortunately, he was willing to tell us a story, so let's take a listen. All right, everybody, I'm here with Nigel Kinraid, and uh, Nigel, thanks for doing this. First of all, this is very exciting. Yeah, welcome. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, something different. Yeah. Get to talk instead of so, taking pictures using yeah. my eyes. Yeah. So can you tell us what you do now? I mean, you, you're quite an established guy in the, in the racing industry. What, what do you do now with your company? Yeah, my company is Nigel Kinraid Photography, or NKP, as it's uh, known within the industry and stuff. And uh, um, we're a photo agency. We attend every um, Monster Energy Cup Series event, mm-hmm. which all the companion races that run with them apart from arca we'll shoot that stuff which will be in the trucks we shoot some knn stuff and uh, the xfinity series we always attend every xfinity series including the standalones and every camping world truck series event so we we the top three series were at every one of them so and we have a staff of uh staff that we can pull on of about nine or ten shooters including myself, and we always have like four of us here wow. at, the, at the big events. And maybe the Daytona 500 will bring in an extra couple of people with just the the needs that we have for uh, um, satisfying our clients. Our clients, we do uh, Monster Energy. We're entitlement sponsor photographers. It's a pretty big one. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Uh, on the team side, we do Penske, Hendrick, Gibbs. Wow. Um, Xfinity stuff. Uh, we do Casgrala stuff. Um, we do KBM. We've done all the KBM stuff on the truck side, so we do a lot of stuff like that. We do uh, Cody Coughlin over there as well, so we keep very, very busy. We do all the stuff with Ford Performance, all their photography, and a bunch of sponsors, Interstate Batteries, uh, Aris. Uh, we do the FedEx stuff for FedEx, and uh, um, we also do a lot of stuff with, with NASCAR. You know, we shoot the K&N series for NASCAR when there's a companion event. Wow. Um, we shoot some of the uh, modified stuff we've done for them as well, and uh, we do a lot of stuff here as well. A lot of their meet and greets with uh, celebrities and stuff, or their hmm. foundation stuff. Um, so we do a lot of stuff with NASCAR as well, which is it's, it's very pleasing and rewarding, so it's good. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty amazing. I mean, I didn't realize you guys had that much on your plate. Well, um, obviously, you didn't always have this much on your plate and just didn't like show up here one day and they're like, here is all this stuff. So um, how did this all get started for you? Obviously, people can probably tell from your accent uh, you're, you didn't grow up in like Georgia or something. Well, I have grown up in Georgia. Oh. I have the last 27 years. I'm, I'm, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm a southerner now. So okay. no, I actually grew up uh, on, a, on a place um, called the Isle of Man. Mm-hmm. Um, it's famous for its uh, crazy motorcycle race that they have there every June. So um, that got me interested in motorsports and photography and stuff like that. Isle That's of Man, like the super dangerous one, right? Yeah, absolutely nuts. 37 miles, guys on 200 mile an hour super bikes, uh, dodging telegraph poles and walls and edges of houses and 
cows and livestock and all that sort of stuff. It's yeah, it's absolutely crazy. And it was the norm for me growing up until I moved to the States. And now a couple of times I've been back in the last 10, 12 years or so, I go back and I watch it and I go, God, these guys are just nuts. <laughs> yeah. What is going through their minds? You know, it's it's crazy. It makes what we do here look like kind of child's play. I shouldn't say that. Well, but I it, mean, it, people are without, dying over there every single year. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, your your protection over there is a helmet, set of leathers and boots and gloves. That's it. You know, you come off, you're just hoping that you don't uh, die. You know, yeah. it's crazy. And, you know, thankfully, it, ma- it makes our sport look a lot tame now. And, and that's in part to all the safety implications we've had, you know, in, in made over the last what 17 18 years you know mm-hmm. since uh we had some some bad accidents here but yeah kudos to nascar we're, we're pretty safe over here you know even some of those wrecks we saw last night you know everyone kind of walks away so right you know but uh yeah so i grew up over there moved to the states in 1991 uh, my wife was a foreign student she went to georgia state university and uh we applied for our residency and stuff like that so we got our green cards in 91 we moved here and the first ever nascar event i went to was like october 91 Hmm. in charlotte and i'd never been to a nascar race before so i'm in the the middle of this infield in charlotte and i'm thinking oh my god what (laughs) have i got into here and i'm looking around and it's just the the infield culture was totally different mind you that was charlotte and charlotte's pretty pretty cosmopolitan yeah right so i i thought that was pretty wild and 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 the culture and the infield there was like wow it's like something i've never ever seen before and then i get to go to places like uh, martinsville and pocono and places like that and i realized charlotte's not that bad so <laughs> so the first time i was immersed into uh, nascar it was like whoa it was an eye-opener you know how did you get that assignment where i assume you were there to work yeah so i you know growing up in the isle of man with the motorcycles and stuff i shot a lot of that that stuff and and i I ventured out and i did some uh grand prix racing in in europe and stuff uh moto gp kind of stuff it was called uh the 500 cc world championship grand prix Mm. racing motorcycle racing back then now it's moto gp so i did a bunch of that i've done some couple of f1 races and stuff like that so i came i had a lot of contacts over there and when I came over here, I, I contacted my contacts over there. I said, hey, do you want some pitches? I'm going to start going to a couple of these NASCAR races and see how what happens and how mm-hmm. it progresses and stuff. And they said, yeah, send us some stuff. We've always got people looking for NASCAR, and we can never find any. So huh. so a couple of British agencies, I um, started sending images to them. And you'd have to take slide film and process them and put them in slide pages and mail them off to them. Wow. So so that's how it, how it all started. And, you know, here we are like 27 years later, got a staff of uh, nine or ten guys I can pull on and, uh, you know, call in any time. And uh, it's all, all digital now. It's all online. Everything we shoot is online on servers and stuff like that. And we have a guy in Virginia who actually builds servers. And um, our server is also... Um, online in virginia but the, we've also branched out and we built servers for uh, online databases for penske henrik gibbs Holy ford cow. motor company so a lot of their stuff is held on our housed on our servers so, wow so yeah <laughs> so there's a lot of uh, not just taking pictures anymore yeah it sounds like yeah it. yeah and you know we have to caption i had to learn how to type huh. <laughs> wow. i'm a photographer 
I didn't know how to type. Yeah. I had to learn how to type, put captions on pictures and upload them and stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty technical, but uh, we've come a long way. How did you know that you were any good at photography? I mean, anybody could just stand by the road in Isle of Man and shoot, but you have to be good at it in order to make a, a living out of it. What, were you self-taught? Yeah, I've never been to college for uh, photography or anything. I oh. went to college for engineering hmm. and didn't like that. You know, so um, got in the ph- photography was a hobby. Okay. And, you know, fast vehicles was a hobby. So it was just natural that both combined. And it's just a lot of practice. Hmm. You know, it's practice, practice, practice. Nowadays, you can pick up a camera, a lens, a laptop or whatever, and you can go out there and practice and practice and practice. And it's all on a compact flash card. You can put it in the computer and look at it and go, oh, that didn't come out nice. I know what I need to do. I need to go and do something different with that. So I'll go back out and do it. In my day... You put a roll of film in a camera. Oh, yeah. And you shot something, and you had to remember how you shot it, and then you'd take it to the lab, get it processed, and maybe three or four hours later, you'd get it back, and you'd look at it and go, oh. <laughs> but three or four hours later, it's like, ah, oh, I don't feel like going back and trying it again. Right. So it's all practice. But now it's everything's on the fly. Hmm. You know, you can look at it on the back of your screen, on right. the camera, and see where you are or anything. Back in the day, there was nothing like that. Wow. So it was it was... I'm self-taught, but I went through a lot of film, uh-huh. and it was expensive. Yeah, <laughs> film was expensive and processing. So nowadays, it's uh, it is easier. There's less steps involved with it. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it's just practice. The more you practice, the more you practice, the more the better you get. And we're lucky in the fact that the respect that a lot of our races are four or five hundred miles long, mm-hmm. so they take a lot of time. So they're not, you know, it's not like a sprint race like a MotoGP event where it takes 40 minutes. Yeah. You know, we're out here for three, four hours. So we get a chance to get out there and experiment and try different things. Mm. And uh, so it's it's we get a lot of practice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. So um, do you think that, that the way that you came up having to use the film and, and understand the techniques of what made a good picture a good picture uh, back then – helps you now or helped you once things went digital like you under it was easier for you to adapt things quickly yeah it probably do it probably was you know um you always pay attention i always well i always pay attention to backgrounds and stuff like that you know um shooting qualifying yesterday here at daytona um you get down low and you, you try and frame a driver where you could see the tower in the background oh. across the top of the tower you'll see world center of racing right. so that's something unique that's a unique look look that you get here you don't see it anywhere else because mm-hmm. you try and try and show where you are trying to implement some sort of structure that's at a certain track or something here like at indy you would try and frame a driver with maybe possibly with a pagoda in the background or something like that you right. know so the, each each track has its own little identity uh you know physical buildings or whatever that you try and sort of incorporate into your frames so you're always looking for a clean background you're always looking for something different you know or if you're shooting for a sponsor you're always trying to get that logo alongside the driver or something like that you know because they're covered in sponsors logos but if you can get the car element and him together it's you know so yeah so always looking always every time i pick up a camera i learn Hmm. still now yeah 27 years of doing this i'm still learning wow you know yeah because you pick up, put a different lens on a camera, you get a totally different perspective. 
Interesting. You know? Yeah. So it is. So why why NASCAR? I mean, you you came up in in some of these other sports, and obviously NASCAR is the big form of racing in the United States. Was it was it just as simple as you're living in the United States, so this is what you're going to be doing? Or why? You know, why did you stick with that over all, over the years? Yeah, well, part of that was like we moved to Atlanta, so that's in the southeast. So it's like, well, what's around here? Well, there's some IMSA racing, there's some drag racing, there's some uh, IndyCar. There were, you know, back in the early '90s, AMA motorcycle racing. I'd go and shoot some of that stuff, and it, it was cool. I enjoyed it, but the NASCAR thing, the agencies kept com- coming back looking for that. This NASCAR thing, yeah, th- th- this is this is cool. We, you know, we've got open wheel racing over here. We've got motorcycle racing over here. We got endurance IMSA type racing over here, but we don't have that stock car thing. So just keep sending that to us. So, and back then, I think, I think there was like twenty nine races in a year, which was that's an easy schedule, you know. <laughs> yeah. So twenty nine races in a year. A lot of them were in the southeast. We still had two races at Darlington. We still had uh, two races at Wilkesboro. You know, we went to places like that. We still had two at Rockingham, so they were all drivable. So mm-hmm. expenses were minimal then. So I just kept doing that. And that was probably when a lot of those huge corporate sponsors were coming into the sport. The the, the tracks were expanding. The schedule expanded, you know. And we bring in Kansas, Chicago, Indianapolis, Fontana. All these places were coming online, Homestead. So it it just made sense to stick with that, so... It's uh, so so far so good. I've been lucky. And and all these people, for those who who might not be super familiar with how the, how the industry works, I mean, those teams are looking for images to give to their sponsors. I mean, you know, Napa comes on or something with Hendrick, and they're like, "Well, we want pictures of the Napa car on the track. We want pictures of Chase Elliott, things like that." I yeah, yeah. Uh, the most important thing, and I, and I I tell this to my guys who, who work with us, and guys and girls who work with us, is like the most important things that the, the client wants every week is what we get emailed and we get emailed a list each week and okay. and the most important stuff on that is the meet and greets oh appearances the hmm. meet and greet at the car on the grid with the driver mm-hmm. you know because they like napper will bring in they have an honorary pit crew members so they bring in a couple of people um local uh, distributors or store owners they'll put their name on the quarter panel of Chase's car, mm-hmm. or their store number and, the, and their name. So, and they'll deck him out with a shirt. So, they will do a meet and greet with Chase at his bus, probably th- two or three hours before the start of the race. Probably before he goes to the uh, driver meeting, which is what two hours before the start of the race. Mm-hmm. So, we'll do a meet and greet there. Then they will come to the car on the grid, and Chase is all decked out in the uniform, and we'll do another photo there. And that is napper's way of giving something back to their clients or their store owners and stuff so that there is the most important thing we do each week that's what i tell my guys you know Mm -hmm. the car's on track 36 times a weekend or however many times napper sponsors it and it's on track practice qualifying and the race we so we we have that covered the actual event (laughs) but it's the it's the other stuff the behind the scenes stuff that that uh the average uh fan doesn't see unless they're lucky enough to get inside the driver-owner lot or on the grid and stuff. But that there is the important stuff. So, yeah, that's, that's number one priority for us. Huh. So probably the most common – I'm really glad I get to sit down with you and ask you this because I get more people sending me DMs or emails or tweets saying, hey, uh, Jeff, I, I think I can shoot um, uh, race photography. I, you know, I, I kind of have done it as a hobby or I've been to this track and – 
and I, I'd really like to do it. How do I get involved or can I shoot for your site or, and, and you know, I'm just like really hesitant about it. Cause I feel like it's, it's a very, um, specialized taste and, and or acquired talent. Um, what, what advice would you give people who would like to be the next Nigel and, and break into the industry? Is that still possible today? Yes, it is. The industry's changing a lot now, though, and it's it's um, it's expensive to travel this circuit, and um, you know a lot of corporations now watching how they spend their dollars and stuff. So it it is a lot tougher now. But um, the best thing to do is just practice, 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 and um, go to your local short track. They'll they'll gladly let you in if you're you know you're willing to let them have some some images and look at their the images and um, you may have to you know and social media you get into a, a local so- short track and they have a social media platform you just bomb the heck out of their social media just mention them hashtag them or whatever and and just that way and and. and hopefully they take notice off you and they say yeah come on back you know hey how about we'll we'll pay you to come and shoot or something do our victory lanes or whatever and and it's just practice and finding the the right connections and stuff you know i've been in this industry now 27 years so i have a lot of connections and stuff here and it, it's funny how people in this industry will go from one corporation and then they'll disappear and then five six years later They'll be back working for a team or something. It's like you know, you'll get a call. Hey, we need some photography, and, I, and you're the first person I thought of. And it's huh. like, boom, okay, yeah, let's sit down and talk. You know, but it's just practice, and just you've just got to you've just got to go out there and 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 practice and and earn respect of other people and stuff, and just work hard at your craft. It, it's easy to do. Well, it's not easy to do, but it, it, it's it's not as complex as you would think it is. You've just got to put your mind to it, you hmm. know, and uh, that, that's that's probably my best. You know, once you, you've done some short, short track stuff, you can venture out, get credentials to come to a NASCAR race, try mm-hmm. that, you know. But uh, for the majority of going to a NASCAR race, you need some sort of, like, legitimate media outlet or whatever like that to, to vet you or to to write for your credentials and stuff like that you know yeah we're lucky in the fact that we have hard cards you know and we're connected with a lot of the teams and stuff like that so uh um it's it, it, it is easier for us to get into to the nascar events you know mm-hmm. but we pay for our our credentials as well wow you know? really yeah we pay for our hard cards we also pay for commercial license licensing with nascar so we can do commercial work here Oh, wow. So that's kind of different, you know, from, from somebody coming in just to take pictures for a media outlet, you know, so, yeah. You can sell it and they can use it in an ad or, or something like that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are licensed to sell commercially, um, but we pay up front each year to NASCAR wow. for the privilege to do that, you know, hmm. so, yeah. Interesting. Yep. Didn't realize that. Well, thank, this has very, been very insightful for me, I hope, for other people as well. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to do this. No, it's been my pleasure. It's uh, not very often I get to sit down and, and talk with uh, some of our respected uh, riders and media and, and stuff like that. It's usually just walking through the garage. It's, hey, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, and stuff exactly. like that. Or it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's like a note on uh, a comment on Facebook or something like that. But uh, no, it's good. You know, it's, uh, yeah, we're all in this industry together and we're all trying to pull together and, you know, and make it better than what it is, you know? Yep, for sure. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Cool. All right, everybody, so there you have it. Nigel Kinraid on the podcast. Really appreciate him taking the time to do that on a busy race day at Daytona. Coming up on the next edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast, I will be coming to you from New Hampshire Motor Speedway 
where I will be grabbing a media member to do the post-race podcast with me after the race Sunday night. And then Tuesday is a 12 questions interview with Kaz Gralla. He's been doing so well this year in the races he's gotten to run with Fury, basically created a race team out of nothing after he lost his other ride. They have not been able to do every race, but they're still trying to look for sponsorship to do the rest of the schedule. So we will catch up with him for the 12 questions that's coming out on Tuesday. And then Thursday will be another How I Got Here. And that one will be with Steve Matchett, who was once a championship winning mechanic in Formula One, later went on to be an author and a broadcaster, as you know him for F1 races and now Formula E. So another interesting story there as well. I hope you are enjoying these. If you are, please don't hesitate to leave a rating and review on iTunes. I would really appreciate that. Let the world know if you like the podcast. And if you don't, please don't leave a rating and review. (laughs) Anyway, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.